My mind was just over that. Where can this child be? What could have happened? How did this happen? What did I miss? I always said, um, I wonder how it feels when your heart is broken. But the reality that day, I saw my sister's heart break. Sure, 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 sure. This family has suffered. Matthew Olson was nine years old when he disappeared without a trace from outside his Mitchell's Plain home on the 24th of March, 1997. In the 23 years since then, the family has had glimmers of hope that he would be found alive when there were rumors of sightings. But all leads eventually led to dead ends. In this second episode of Missing Matthew, a podcast by News24, we bring you one family's search for the truth about their missing son and the twists and turns along that journey. They were being blackmailed for money. They were being... People would phone and say, um, if you bring so much money, we'll, put, we'll give your child back to you and uh, we'll put him on a certain spot. Yes, Michelle went as far as putting the money down in the spot and then the money would be missing. You know, the money would be gone, gone, no child was found. Furida Abrams, the Olsen's former neighbor, remembers the time shortly after Matthew's disappearance when the family was contacted for ransom money. In exchange for 3,000 rand, they could have their child back. Michelle says the perpetrators were arrested by police. They were caught in debt, but were later set free and it was just gone. Never mentioned again. Over the years, there were alleged sightings of Matthew, but again, they would lead to dead ends. I've heard rumours that you were spotted in. What was that place? I think Farida remembered what that one investigator said. Somewhere in Joburg, near Hillbrow mm. or somewhere. Do you know uh, um, of Hillbrow? No, I don't know. Well, this is as far as we, we, we investigated this, but nothing concrete. They would not give me Anything that I can go back on, just word of mouth. Somewhere, somehow, somebody know how to put a knot to this. My, my, my question is why? What is so different about Matthew's case and any other child's case? Because there were, at that year, in only that year, a lot of children disappeared and I've never heard this kind of drama. Each time another child went missing, media houses would approach the Olsen family. They granted the interviews in the hope their case would again make the headlines. The initial media coverage had been widespread. In our top story, police are searching for a nine-year-old boy, Matthew Olsen, who went missing from outside his Mitchell's Plain home. Police have launched a massive search and the army has been called in. Police are offering a 50,000 rand reward for any information on nine-year-old Matthew Olson, who disappeared two weeks ago. The boy had gone outside to fetch the dustbin, but never returned. Anyone with information should contact the Mitchell's Plain Police Station. The mother of a nine-year-old boy who's been missing since the 24th of March has made a desperate plea for anyone with information on his whereabouts to contact police. Michelle Olson has had sleepless nights since her nine-year-old son Matthew disappeared. He was last seen outside their Mitchell's Plain home. The publicity surrounding Matthew's disappearance eventually died down, and the family began to feel that the police were not taking the case seriously enough. 
Eventually, Michelle hired private investigators in the hope that they could find out more. At the later stage, I hear the docker disappeared. First, um, all the stuff in the docker disappeared. The person who, do, who had the report at that time is not with SAPS anymore. But still, I can't get what I want to see in that docket. Because if I hire, if I hire you as a private investigator, you don't even come back and tell me what you see. You just vanish. You got your money, you, you did some investigation, and I don't see you. I did that without my husband. Because it felt, it, it, it laid more on me. Not that we are not together in this, but it laid more on me to find out. If he wanted to do something, he had to do it in his way. Um, but as I chose as a mother, I need to know what is in that doctor. And I've been fighting for years. As those years passed, Michelle fell into a dark depression. Her sister Priscilla said the lack of progress in the investigation started to take its toll. We had to feed her at once. At one time. She couldn't eat, she couldn't sleep, nothing. She said, make my bed in my lounge. I want to see you become in there. When you come in there, I want you to see me first. On February the 24th, Matthew's birthday, the family would mark it in his absence. Every year, when it's his birthday, then we feel it. I always start crying first. I'm always the one who starts first. And um, sometimes they tell me, listen here, make the cake, you make the cake. Because they know I'm the one who always baking, so you make the cake. The last cake I made was when we put his face on the cake. And um, while I've been um, busy trimming the cake and my tears fall on that, on that filter. And I just said, Lord, please give my sister peace of mind so that she can know where a child is. Matthew's siblings were also taking strain. Both Melanie and Justin were being bullied at school. I, I was very young. I had no explanation as to what happened. And at school, um, you know how kids are. Kids like to make fun. Kids like to poke fun at each other and find ways to get to each other. That's just how it is. And, and kids would make fun of me. They'd say, oh, where's your brother? Um, or they'd say, oh, no, his brother's missing, and they'd, and they'd laugh at me, and they'd make fun of me. Kids, kids can be mean. You would expect them something as tragic as that happening to us. You would think that they would be compassionate or understanding. They were the opposite. They were, like Justin said, they were calling us names, making fun of us. They made it as if it was our fault that he was missing, that someone took him. And they would tell us mean things like, he's dead, why are you looking for your brother? Someone took him, his eyes is cut out. So it was very hard as a child. Their lives would never be the same again. We became Matthew's siblings. We didn't, we lost our identity, we weren't anymore. Melanie or Jason or Justin, we were Matthew's brother and sister. So the first couple of years is very, very, very hard for us as kids. It's always going to be, it's always going to affect our life, whether we are older or not. And throughout the years, there was a cloud of suspicion hanging over Michelle, with allegations of neglect, partying at the Olsen home, and even abuse leveled at her. 
It was apparently neighbors. It was even people we've never met before. It was family members also. So that was very shocking when we found it was family members who were saying those things. So this whole thing is just, it's very confusing. To date, Michelle has never been an official suspect in the case. Her house was never searched by police. The neighbors' houses were also not searched. Strangely, Matthew's dog, Fluffy, spent several days at the home of one of the neighbors after he disappeared. That house was also never searched. Police also never took a statement from Michelle's husband, Michael. I was looked at and I was judged by somebody who formed a kind of character about me, the abused mother. But never, and I can tell you never, has any police came into my house and questioned me about abuse. Never as they came to interview my husband or my kids about abuse. Despite the cloud of suspicion she felt had fallen on her, Michelle continued to search for her son. Each time somebody contacted her with new information, her hopes would once again be dashed. The family would put up posters, but then those posters would be taken down by unknown people. It seemed as though they were being blocked at every turn. We had a lot of help with NAMPEC. They, they gave us a lot of um, material to use. Copy paper and we would, we would put 10,000 at night in town. If, if you would come the next day and Priscilla had a store there or a shop there, we would come there and, and then, then Priscilla would say, no, somebody came here. And they took the posters and they said, no, that child is fine, he's home. Who would do that and why? Matthew's father, Michael, remembers days and nights searching for Matthew in the centre of Cape Town after police were tipped off about a sighting. So they says, well, they treated it as, as a runaway because they had some information that he was last seen in Cape Town with the street kids. So we had a search in, the, in, in Cape Town, not just one night, but a couple of nights, even days. Because we had to camp out, basically we had to camp out in Cape Town. Because Cape Town is, um, is alive with, 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 with street kids. But again, the tip-off led to a dead end. As recently as last year, a woman who asked to remain anonymous told Michelle that at the time of Matthew's disappearance, she remembers seeing him through the window of her neighbor's house. She too was nine years old at the time. He was looking at me as his hand was on the window. I could see the sleeve that he had on was a yellow long sleeve top that he had on. And I could see his face was red of crying. And he looked at me because his hand was on the window. She says she realized a year ago that that boy was Matthew and contacted Michelle. The neighbor had been a bookseller living on his own with no children. Despite police tracking him down and questioning him, there was no proof that Matthew had been there. Yet another dead end. News 24 tracked down one of the investigating officers at the time, who has since retired. Initially, he agreed to an interview, but cancelled a week before the scheduled date because of a health condition. A police spokesperson for the media said the case remains under investigation. The current investigating officer told us he did not have the necessary permission to be interviewed. Michelle had predicted that this would be the case in terms of our dealing with the police from the first time we met her. It seems she was correct. Her trust in the police has been completely eroded. 
and she cannot trust anybody. If it eats on me like this, I believe if you know something, it will eat you 10 times worse than how it's eating me. I've never in my mind had a way where I say I would take revenge. I would want the same thing to happen to you because God knows having a missing child is worse than having a child that died. There is no peace. So if you know something, please don't go to the police. In our next and final episode of Missing Matthew, we bring you the details of the Missing Children's Organization started by Matthew's parents to help other families like themselves. This was Missing Matthew, Episode 2. It was produced by me, Catherine Rice, for News 24. Audio production by Greg Kokoveos. Field recording by Bertram Malchas. News 24 multimedia editor, Charlene Roet. Music courtesy of Getty Images and Epidemic Sound. News reports were recreated. Special thanks to the Olsen family. Anyone with information on the disappearance of Matthew Olson can contact the investigating officer, Lieutenant Colonel Daliwanga Saki of the Mitchell's Plain FCS unit on 082-559-4631.